This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. <laughs> Over the landscape of time, there is change. Change inherently includes loss. People you love pass on from this life or move away. Loss can also be a chapter in your life ending and a new one beginning. Or it can be old ways of being, giving way to new ones. When you are missing someone or something, give your heart space and time. Whatever feeling is present, breathe into it. Let it be felt. Maybe you cry. Maybe you feel angry. Maybe you laugh in remembrance of a joyful connection. Whatever is felt in the moment, this is part of the richness of your love. Grief exists because of love and connection. Even when there's pain in a connection, its loss will be a grieving and an opportunity to heal the pain. Whatever is present in your heart, breathe into it and let it be felt. Breathe it out as a blessing because what you're feeling is part of the richness of heart. All the flavors of remembrance, loss, anger, sadness, whatever you are feeling, are part of the richness of your heart. Valeria interviews Megumi Burr-Tolliver. She's a Vortex Healing, Divine Energy Healing Practitioner, founder of Compassion Tree Healing, intentional community co-founder, writer, teacher, and speaker. An important stream in Megumi's life showed up in early childhood when she learned to only express in the range of appropriate... Probably something of her expression had been too out of the box for others' comfort. Growing up, she felt everyone was missing what mattered. But she didn't know what that was, and it wasn't in the range of what was appropriate to acknowledge. As a teen, she knew she wanted to understand others and myself, and help others and myself. Her adult path gradually uncovered what that meant as she developed feeling and knowing from within and stepped into roles supporting others. Another important stream came in as her dad, husband, and mom passed. Megumi experienced life as inclusive of death, grief, and remembering. Megumi's unfolding path currently has her co-founding a small, land-based, intentional community in Vermont. 
Her practice, Compassion Tree Healing, supports moms and nurturers who want to find their center and grounding using highest level tools from Vortex Healing Divine Energy Healing. She creates nurturing spaces where people anywhere in the world can be with themselves with compassion. Leading up to this point, she supported pregnancy, postpartum, and moms as Compassion Tree Mama Care, including as a massage therapist, birth and postpartum doula, and yoga and movement teacher. She has also co-led workshops and classes. Megumi's current and next chapters involve cultivating deep listening and communicating with self, others, and land. Meet Megumi at megumiburtoliver.com. Here's the interview with Megumi Bertoliver. In your own words, who is Megumi Bertoliver? Well, let's see. Um, in this moment, I'm sitting here talking with you. Um, sitting here with Kitty in my lap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, have a little bit of um, like anxiety in my stomach, but also a peaceful expansiveness. Ah, what's not to love about that answer? <laughs> it's very true to what is true to you here now. It's beautiful. Thank you. It sounds almost like a prayer, like a blessing. Like, um, Yeah, that to me is um, universal energy rather than personal, individual. That's what it, it resonates like. Thank you again for that, Megumi. So let me see my follow-up question. I don't even know. Because <laughs> after that, I just want to take a... A long pause <laughs> and just rest in it. <laughs> yes. You just want to rest in that. Ah, how beautiful. Ah, so the topic is it's a beautiful one too. You send it to me the way you phrase it. They are life path streams. Uh, they're ongoing unfolding, including death and grief and acceptance of what is in the moment. I mean, I have so many questions already, but I guess I'll ask you this question. <laughs> what is to be a healer? What makes mm. a healer a healer? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's an interesting question because, you know, healing, healing and the awakening path or the spiritual path, you know, sometimes there's this idea of healing as like trying to fix things, right? And like, it can almost be like a trying to escape the things that we mm. don't want by trying to yeah. to heal them and fix mm. them, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and you know the way that I work with healing and the way that I approach healing within myself is that it's um, it's creating it's creating more space it's bringing in compassion bringing in love for what is here right now and letting that be and and that in itself is hugely healing that allows um can allow something to move and shift just on its own, that, that acceptance. Mm. Yes, that very much resonates 
true to me as of now, but I do remember being completely confused and lost even in the moment because of what was happening. Yeah. It was a case of trauma. I had a lot of childhood trauma and then that carried on throughout the yeah. years. Yeah. So there was really, I couldn't see clearly that love, that compassion. Yeah. I couldn't really embrace that. Yeah. So what do you suggest for those who are going through challenging moments now and for the ones that will come you know, in the future, because they are inevitable, as we know. Yeah, and it's true. You know, I, I too, was very lost growing up. And, and you know, it's like I, I lost sight of this and, like, had to find it. Um, and, um, but it really, it really is that, like, finding the compassion in the moment for what's here even to, you know compassion can be quite a jump from where you are if you're yes, right. in a lot of pain right but it's it's like being being with or allowing what is here in the moment allowing that to be felt and you know i've worked with people sometimes where they they come into their session and they're like you know well what could be like you know I just found out my dad died or like I'm in this like whirlwind about this like breakup or you know and um and then it, it is it's kind of like a like slowing down and and you know when you're especially when you're in that place um where it's so overwhelming and you can't find your way it's really helpful to have someone who can help create that space and hold that space, hold that container, um, you know, or some kind of like situation, something kind of set up, some setting container for you to have that space to find, you know, the little tastes like bit by bit, of like, oh, okay, I can be this much more okay now. And certainly it's not going to jump to like, Oh, you know, I feel yes. I feel beautiful and blissful yes. and I love, you know, oh, like, you know, it's just going to be just yeah. like, you know, just a moment of like, okay, and like, oh, I'm a little more okay. And, and then it's just a path. Yes. What is incredibly helpful is to have that insight, to be open to the invitation of being guided by others. That's uh -huh. something that is... I think is very much needed as well when it comes yeah. to challenging moments that we become open quick enough <laughs> to yeah. to and be guided. Sometimes, and sometimes, you know, it might not even be someone in person at first. You know, I think often like that because that might take something to like step out, mm. reach out to somebody, yeah. whether it's a healer or a friend or somebody. Yeah. But but it might be like a book or like somebody that you hear, you know, speaking in a podcast, you know, like just getting these little like nuggets like oh that resonates with something and like I feel a little more okay yes yeah that's that's a great observation yes that's very much true Megumi sometimes it doesn't have to be a person it could be a person not present with you in the moment yes right yeah. right or or even it could be not a person it could be you know being out in nature Oh, that's wonderful too, right. I guess another interesting, for me, from my own experience, is really 
It's much easier to surrender and to be compassionate and loving and kind when it's I'm dealing with a, a situation that I know I cannot change. But then it's mm -hmm. a different story when the mind sometimes holds this idea that it can be whatever it is can be changed. Let's say in my mm -hmm. case with my husband and I, I have been trying for so many years now, not change him, but Oh, perhaps that's the, the intention. <laughs> that's really mm -hmm. the end goal. But there's something about when he behaves, let's say when he gets angry, mm -hmm. uh, something in me just doesn't, immediately rejects that mm -hmm. emotion. Mm -hmm. So it, that doesn't, has not been helpful for him or, or myself. Mm -hmm. So you see, because there's something in me that says, I can't change this. You know, I can make him a more loving and, and peaceful person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'd love to hear from you. What would you suggest in this case? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think the first thing, the first thing there is that, you know, when that, in that scene that you described where, you know, he gets angry and then there's something in you that says, you know, I can change this. I, you know, I, I want him to be a more loving person. I want to help him get there. Um, but it's recognizing it's not just about him. It's, there's also, there's something going on with him and there's something going on with you because there's also in you this, uh, this reaction of like, I, I want it to be this way and I want to change it. And, and it's hard, like, especially yes. if it's your partner, right? <laughs> yeah, it's you very know, hard. You, you want them to like yeah. be able to like, <laughs> see what you see and to be more available and, you know, and to have more harmony with them. Um, tricky. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, I think, I think uh -huh. it's, it's listening, it's mm. listening and hearing, being willing to hear where the other person is at and then being willing mm. to be honest and then know it's just, it just takes time. Mm, yes. And yeah, as you know, it's that's hard. it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you see, part of me knows that. It's already there, but then it's the desire to change what is. It's amazing how we as humans do that so often and so naturally and so quickly. <laughs> we want to change what's happening, like this chaos going on now with the wars and all. I mean, how many of us are really desperately trying to change that? And, and, and perhaps even getting ourselves further into chaos and conflict by trying to change what's happening. It sounds wonderful. I really love concepts. And I love the idea that we can move from concepts to experience. Like what do you speak of, of that place of compassion and love? Ah, how can we, it sounds so wonderful, but how can we make this movement, you know, to experience, to just be able to feel it, to, to see it happening here now. And it's not as, as easy and it's quick. Is that because everything is, has its own time, Megomi? Life is just, is, has this quality of freedom that is so beautiful and at the same time so scary <laughs> that everything is, in, in this moment, exercising freedom. So it is, it does what it does. We can't really control or change things. Freedom is, is such a funny, fun, uh, an interesting word. 
Um, and it's neat because I just went through a, um, a vortex healing deepening class that um, vortex healing is, is the, the, the healing modality that I work with, um, healing lineage. Um, with the, um, that was working with freedom and um, deepening in freedom, but also awakening from freedom and there's like, cause there's this freedom, there's like this localized freedom. Like I'm, I'm going to be, I'm free. Right. And it's something that like, I strive for this like feeling of expansiveness and like knowing this peacefulness. I strive for that to have that and keep it and not lose it. And, um, and then and then there's also like freedom there's like free will that's not it's my free will but it's really like divine free will mm, right yeah, that gets yeah. to play out through me as this vessel of divine expression um I think I veered off from the question. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, we didn't. No, it, it <laughs> yeah, resonates. Okay. Yeah. The question again. <laughs> yes, because it has been interesting, this idea of free will, personal free will, and then freedom. They don't really match, right? Freedom sounds so much better and more universal than free will. There's something about free will that it never resonated with me, although... I love the concept that we can make choices and we can see the options and then we can choose the best ones that can benefit me, you know, this body, mind, and then everybody else around me. There's something about that that's very appealing. It's like, oh, you know, that's wonderful. And then if we do enough healing, sufficient healing, we'll get to that point. But I don't know, something else also tells me that, as you said, it's universal will it's divine will operating at the individual level it feels individual but it's 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 universal anyway it's that larger idea picture of freedom what was the question that's yeah uh, now i'm just completely also uh flowing well, I, here I with that little, idea a little something that yes <laughs> yes um <laughs> so you know and as i as i've been relating with freedom recently since uh, during this class and since this class um you know, mystery is, is another, I, I feel like it even kind of describes better just because freedom can mean so many things to so many people. It kind of like that actually kind of relates me to it more because it's like this like magicalness and like freedom that there's this freedom that actually all of this stuff that seems solid has this like magicalness that it can be anything and it's like I can I can know that, but then there's also this like thinking that's like, well, but no, no, it's not. Like it's like it's kind of this knowing both at the same time. Like, well, yes, and I'm interacting in this 3D world that I know how to interact in. And you know, it's not that easy to mm. like just, you know, put mm. my hand through the door. But mm, yeah. um <laughs> Yes. But yes. Yeah. So, so freedom maybe more as like mystery. Yes, because there's something. I'm a student of Advaita Vedanta. I'm not sure if you're mm -hmm. familiar with that mm -hmm. philosophy. So, pure consciousness, consciousness described as actually cannot be described. It's a felt understanding, but it cannot. It, it's yeah. almost like I know it's here because I am perceiving. So, it is what perceives really is that reality. 
mm-hmm. but it cannot be accessed yeah. with the intellect. We can't really. Yes, and there's so much desire to own it and hold <laughs> yeah. it and keep it. Yes. Yes, right. Because yes. the mind is interesting. Yes. It tries to, yeah, it wants to understand. It wants to know, but it's not a thing, so it cannot be yeah. known. Oh, that's really, to me, it's going deeper into spirituality and what that is. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to what you, because you mentioned earlier, the uh, vortex healing, divine energy healing, a practitioner of this modality. So since you mentioned, talk to me about that. How, how is that done? So how does it work? I guess that's my curiosity. Yeah. Um, and so, so vortex healing works with, um, with divinity, with divine consciousness and energy. Um, and, and it's, it's a healing modality and it's also, um, an awakening lineage. Um, and really they kind of, those two things kind of like merge as you go along on the path anyway. Um, as, as I think there's been some allusion to in this conversation, it's like, um, because as you're, as you are working with, the issues that come up that limit you, that have you feel stuck, that um, pull you back, that trigger trigger you into um, reactions. Um, that as you work with them, you create more and more space around them. They don't have as much like grabbing onto you, around you, and you have you can witness more and more. Um, and so then you do have more choice. You do have mm, more freedom. Mm, um, mm. And so you have more capacity to experience more of that spaciousness and that, that freedom um, on the awakening path. And then that also supports you to have more space for more healing and more lightening of the conditioning that we're carrying. Um, so... So that's that's one part of that's kind of like what vortex healing is. And then the way that I work with it is um, I do a lot of kind of like a long, slow, gentle kind of work with it um, where it's it's a lot of like bringing in love and compassion and just to like be with be with like what is here and have the vortex healing to support that the, the energetic tools can support that. Um, but it's also creating this space, the space that I create with people, um, whether I'm working with them one-on-one or in a small group, um, to, um, have that compassion, um, and to, to, um, honor, the person themselves, who they are, what they bring, um, and listening, you know, whether, you know, there's, there's more listening that I offer in the one-on-one sessions. Um, but even just the space to like, listen to oneself. Wow. It sounds wonderful to me, especially the part of being gentle. There's something about slowing down and being gentle with what is that's, it's just magical using your word. Mm -hmm. Something happens there. Do you work with people in person only or online? Actually, right now, I'm mostly working with people online. Um, 
I, I have done more in person in the past, um, and, and I moved about half a year ago. Um, and, um, and with that move, I decided not to like set up an in-person practice here. So, so I've really just been just, um, working with people over distance. So yeah, so people anywhere can work with me that way. And that's through your website. They can find you there. Uh, I do have the website. It will be on the podcast notes. Yep. But we can mention it now too, which is com. That will be, the link will be live on your podcast notes. So uh, let's me go back, back, back. So you are the owner of Compassion Tree Healing. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about the inspiration for doing what you're doing today, Megumi. Yeah. Well, you know, one one sweet little nugget about that is where the compassion tree came from. Um, and this was this was back in 2008, and I was in the the holistic business skills class in my holistic health and massage. What was it? Holistic healing arts and massage school. Um, and and that's where I came up with this um, compassion tree logo. And, and, and so it has this sense of, um, you know, it's, it's like a tree, so it's, it's life and it's warm. It feels warm to me. This, and it's a tree making a heart, um, and then it's rooted. And that's always been really significant for me, the sense of like rooting into the earth and that trees have roots, plants have roots and they're rooted into the earth and connecting with the earth you know, that's also an important, um, stream in my life for me. Um, and when I first made that logo, it actually also had an eye and the eye had a vision. And so it was also about like how we see, um, and, and the compassion being, being, um, part of how we see. Um, so that's the compassion tree. I love that that logo. I of course I saw it on your website. Mm-hmm. There's something about uh, images, right? They what they symbolize. I have been not knowing, not intellectually, uh, having the understanding intellectually about the tree of life, but it kept mm-hmm. appearing like it was always a calling in a way to look at it, to to draw, even when I was doodling without mm-hmm. thinking. Mm-hmm. And that's why I have one in my room, like mm-hmm. behind me. And it, mm-hmm. that's always, it, I mean, there's something about it that caught my attention. Then I was interested in the meaning. And then I found out that's all about the interconnectedness of everything. It mm-hmm. goes back to what we talked earlier about that when we get to understand, realize what we are, not even who we are, then something shifts, something happens with the lens through which we perceive the world, ourselves and the world. It becomes, it becomes more clear in a sense of why would I hurt anything? It's it's me. It's another mm. another. It's a reflection of me. It's another form of what I am. So it informs the senses, you now the body mind. It's very interesting. I, I know it. In my case, I mean, it's an ongoing practice and remembrance. Yes, right. Definitely it's not, ongoing practice. And yeah, ongoing development too. Yes, I know it doesn't end here. Yes. <laughs> There's so much to uncover. <laughs> yes. So much to, yes, to, to it's almost like cleaning, uh, polishing the mirror, like in, in Vedanta. They use that analogy, that example, 
polishing the mirror so we can see our reflection more clearly. It's all we can do, really, keep polishing in a sense of understanding the biology, the body, mind, and how it works, how they operate. And that goes back to healing. So it's interesting how it's healing, spirituality, and then could be spirituality to healing. It goes, I mean, it's not linear, right, Megumi? And it's speaking of that processes, talk to me about grief. I know you have had the experience and one of my guided questions here for you is how did the death of your mother, father and husband influenced your life? Yeah, I think all of all of those deaths, you know, I think something that struck me with all of those deaths is the way that um, people habitually say like, oh, I'm so sorry and and kind of like, like there was an expe- expectation that I would just be crying. And and there's so much, it was so much richer. And each, you know, each experience was, was different. I just had like three different things come up. Um, huh. Yeah, it, you know, and each, each really significant in like the, the, the lessons, the, the learnings on their paths and on my path. And, you know, even from my dad was the first who passed and, um, and even before he passed, when he first was really sick, I remember having this sense of the the glasses I had been seeing the world through that were his glasses, I was no longer having to see through them. Like that there had been this umbrella over me of like, what is, what is the world? And that like, it just like that power was no longer there. And it was like, wow. And I re- remember remarking to my, to my mom and sister on that. Um, and yeah, I mean, each of those has had their their um, their lessons, their evolutions, and their growth. Um, and I was with each of those those passings in a very different way. Yeah, I guess I ask myself, and I do ask some of my guests here too. Hey, my husband, he had lost his sister when he was very young, mm. and. I noticed that he never really, I mean, you want to attempt to use the word get over, and that's not mm-hmm. appropriate. But he he seemed not to have accepted that as yeah. of today. So, I mean, I would, I really want to hear from you. The, there's something that you say, I think it's a practice, isn't it, Megomi, is the breath of acceptance that caught my attention immediately when uh-huh. I saw that. Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. So there's two directions. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> yeah. there's that thing about like acceptance mm. and and the passings, and then there's what is the breath of acceptance. Um, and and so I want to I want to stick with the the passings first since we've been on that. Um, and you know when my dad passed, when he was sick, when he was near passing, and when he passed after he passed, I was not in acceptance. He was not in acceptance. Um, but I had so much resistance and, and, um, that was the one where I, I really had resistance in myself when people said like, oh, I'm so sorry, you must be so sad. 
and and like it it was not that it was like I I had all the stuff that came up from like the conditioning that I carried that related to our relationship and all the stuff about our relationship like all that stuff coming up to work through and and that was a long process of working through and a lot of working through anger and um and rejection and um yeah and seeing him for a while seeing him as the um place where these issues came from um and um yeah and it's you know it's a continuing path over time to to see who who he was and what he brought the spirit that he brought and what he was doing in his life you know um what and and what i mean is like what his path was what he was he was evolving um so that one had a lot of a lot of resistance um and then my husband you know he he was very spiritual and so he was doing a lot of work with um illness and passing spiritual work um and so i knew that he he had acceptance around my my understanding is that he chose to go um we had had a conversation that day about about him um about he's going to die like we acknowledged each other he's going to pass and didn't think it would be that soon but we had acknowledged and then it's like he chose to let go and that sense of him having acceptance made it totally different for me feeling that acceptance um as as i was dealing with his passing and talking with other people you know who who loved him and then and then my mom um you know i wasn't with her when she passed um and nobody was um but i checked in with her well we had talked at that point we had talked about death about her death because we had all been through my dad passing together and and also my husband passing so he had gone to talk about her death and and she had said i've had a good life you know even even like before when when we before before she passed you know she didn't know she was going to pass but um she had said like oh well i've had a good life that was it it was like i was like mom you you could live for a lot longer and she's like well you know i don't know i've had a good life <laughs> <laughs> yes yes that's beautiful but and and then that that conversation mm. ended up being like a month before she passed but um but i had a sense that she was in acceptance when she passed and and she got to pass in her own space in peace and on her own terms there was no like drama around it um so i also had a sense of 
of the acceptance for me was a lot easier knowing the acceptance for her. Um, yeah, so, you know, every story is different, you know. Everybody's experience with death is different. And I've worked with a lot of um, clients, too, dealing with uh, grief either either after the fact or as they're going through it. I never heard it this way. So this is a, a very insightful conversation that we are having here because that really, really resonates true to me when it comes to these relationships, the connectivity of everything. As I said to you before about the, the symbolic flower of life, so everything is connected. So that is interesting. I never, I never thought about it, of course, because I never had the experience of losing people around me. I lost mm. my ex-husband, but uh, he, we already we were away from one another like mm-hmm. five years. So he, mm-hmm. when he passed, but so basically, your experience has been that when the person who is leaving, losing the body, is then. then if they are in acceptance of peace, then it's much easier on the ones who are left here. So have you seen, actually, have you experienced it, or let's say, have you worked with anyone who had experienced the same thing, the same hmm. feeling? I'm not, I'm not thinking of anything, right? There's nothing popping to mind. Um, but uh, there was something else that popped up as you were saying that. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, I wonder if there's a relationship, really, because my husband's case with his sister, it seems like acceptance was not there. So that's why he he still suffers to this day. And, you know, I think the thing is that um, this is what it was. It's, uh, yeah, I think if anybody, anybody in the field has acceptance, it makes it easier for others and, you know, I had that sense when, when my husband passed and my mom passed and, you know, I, I was the one telling a lot of people or relating with a lot of people because I was like the closest or one of the closest people, you know, to the person who had passed. Um, and so my, where I was about it and how I was relating to it was also supporting other people, even, even as I was in it. Um, so, so, so it can be the person who passed, but it can be, it could be anybody in the field of it who supports it's It's like, you know, whatever your resonance is can, can be contagious, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. A billion times to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because Again, from my perspective, it comes from that fundamental truth that everything is connected in the sense of having one reality coming from one sense of being. So there's no two realities, just one. So that really informs me. Everything that I hear here and all my everyday experiences, it's always that flavor, that perfume is always there. I'm like, okay, everything is connected. So the breath of of acceptance yeah. as a practice. Talk to me about that. How? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, and that actually came from my husband. We were we were creating a, a, um, a group led workshop, and um, he created this activity with the breath of acceptance, and um, and I've ended up using it 
um, just ongoingly with clients and, and so I, I write about it and it's just something that feels well and I, and I use it. Um, and, and, you know, most basically it's like whatever is here right now, you know, whatever you're noticing right now, breathe into it and let that be felt and whatever that is, whatever comes up, you know, whatever thoughts come up, whatever comes up, that's okay. And just keep breathing. And yeah, and it's just like, it's okay, what's there? And and then that often, there often is like a, a shift or a softening as you drop into that place. Um, and then, you know, and then it could kick back up again in the next moment. Right. And, and so it's, it's an ongoing practice. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the basics of it. Yeah. It's beautiful. It sounds like a guided meditation. Yeah. Yeah. It is right. This concept, this practice caught my attention immediately. Mm. And that's the, actually the title of this episode. That's how, I mean, from everything that I, yes. yeah, I just like, okay, oh. this is it. <laughs> I love that. It's so honoring, uh, my husband. Yeah, yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah, that's great. It caught my attention. Something else, the guided questions that I have here, it's about, talk to me about the streams in your life of relationship with the land and intentional community. That's another guided yeah, question. Yeah, so that's another, another stream. Um, and, you know, I grew up in the suburbs and... Um, and then and there's this thing that I discovered, you know, in my early adulthood of, of like, you can grow things and like organics and all of that. And, um, and like, I could live in a rural place and like, I could have my hands in the dirt. And, um, and, and there's this aliveness that I started to discover and this, um, relationship that I started to discover with plants um and almost this like beauty that they could that they're here and and yet they're like they're here like the trees you know are here so much longer than me that like they don't they don't they're not concerned about what mm -hmm. I say and do and what I'm going through <laughs> yes. you know it's, it's kind of like a glimpse of Mm -hmm. of um divinity yeah. you know i mean it is it is an expression of divinity um so so that relating with the land has been an important stream in my life and then also at the same time my early adulthood i was discovering intentional community you know living sharing life living with other people you know other than like your family or your partner they might also be part of that with you um and, um, and there's so many different setups for that. Um, but that, that way of, um, sharing life and sharing resources, um, you know, getting to share the, the little moments, seeing someone in the kitchen, if you're sharing a kitchen or maybe in the community kitchen, um, is, is so, um, good and natural and also also a great stimulant for growth because 
you know, you, you gotta, you can't just like hide out by yourself and not, not deal with things. You gotta relate with people. Um, and you know, the people that, that, uh, you might be feeling irked by, you know? Um, but then, you know, but then with it being intentional and knowing that like, you know, whatever intentions that you come together in common with that you've, um, come to as your commonly held core um you 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 would know that you you can come back to that like hey we want to make this work we want to work this out and so like let's figure out a way to work with this and you know um let's see <laughs> what a wonderful way um, to do healing work <laughs> yes um, and right? it is, it is relationships it's such a, it's such a, yeah. a growth process as well um and you know and I and I um in my 20s I was really on that path of working on the land and living in intentional community and then I um in my late 20s I moved to the San Francisco Bay Area and I ended up staying there for 18 years and 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 I was just like continually so impressed that I was in these urban and suburban environments for so long. Um, and, and, you know, also in, um, a lot of that was still like in shared homes. Um, so still community of different sorts, but, um, but that was where I connected with healing got on the healing path and really opened into spirituality. So it's like, I needed to get those, and grow into really, really get grounded in those and then bring them back. And so that's where just six months ago, seven months ago, I, I moved out here to Vermont and I'm with a small group. Um, and we don't have our land together yet. Um, but we're doing community and it's, and it's, um, it's growth, you know, it's, it's growth and it's being, it's also just dropping into just being and, um, appreciating each other where we each are on the path, on our own paths. Um, yeah, there's so much that can be said. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Are these people also interested in healing in spirituality or? Yeah, actually. Yeah. I'll, it, it's like, the way that it lined up, the way that this group came together is that that we all have an interest in working with the land and we're all into healing in some way. Um, so that that's been and that's where it's been really special that like when I have those things that I'm frustrated about, I can speak them and like people like, yeah, you know, like they can hear that and they've done the work that they can also not take that personally they can hold space for me and we can we can have conversations you know um so that's been really really important for me it sounds beautiful to me <laughs> to be able to be open right to have deep yeah, conversations it, of any an kind it's an evolving process it's so so it's yeah it is space. yeah right I when i think about uh this let's say consciousness pure consciousness and the way it, it is reflected in the human experience body mind mm -hmm. there's a, this quality of freshness of aliveness it's never 
planned and it's always, it's just being what it is in the moment is not really concerned with memory or any past future. It's always very present and spontaneous and, and fresh. And there's something about being fresh because <laughs> it's not really, it doesn't come, it's not, it's not going through the filters, I guess, not being filtered, although it is, it is, it's still a reflection, but there's something about it. Like having this conversation today sound, mm-hmm. it really felt very fresh to me. And maybe uh-huh. that's why I'm making this comment. Yeah. Very fresh. So there's something here. <laughs> it's interesting, uh, you know, that you bring that up because there's, yeah. so, there's this contrast too, that because there's that. And then there's mm-hmm. also like, I've had so much, like mm-hmm. one of my big things one of my big patterns is this like wanting to plan and know what I'm going to mm-hmm. say yes. and like, make sure that I have it right. And, and like, so it's not spontaneous in this, like, you know, doing the future. Right. Um, but, but then ultimately, you know, it happens in the moment. So, yeah, thank you for being open again. Yeah, because uh, I love this. <laughs> if there's such a thing, I mean, I, I say love all the time, but I use the word mm-hmm. too much, I guess. Mm-hmm. But there's something about this. You see, it relates to the freedom that we spoke earlier, perhaps even mm-hmm. the mystery that you brought up, which is mm-hmm. very fresh to me. I don't hear that word. I don't hear the word mystery as often, not too often. Mm-hmm. I don't use it either for some reason. But I do, mm-hmm. for some reason, freedom comes to mm-hmm. mind. We're almost at the end. I do have I have some other questions here for you. So do you work only with moms and nurturers or? No, you know, that's kind of like the people who I often connect with. And, and you know, I um, a lot of the time in the Bay Area, my focus was working on m- working with moms because I started when I started my practice, I was a birth doula. And then I, and then my birth doula, doula clients, birth and postpartum doula clients um, wanted massage with me and, um, cause I was also a, a new massage therapist. And so I just, my practice really focused on working with moms. And then, you know, as, as moms continued past that, past that pregnancy postpartum phase, some of them just continued with me. And it's just kind of a, a group of people that, that there was this resonance, you know, that, that we related really well and I was supporting these people and then and then I I've realized also that um you know it's not just the moms but it's the people who who um nurture who nurture you know who are who are givers who who care for people who I often work with but it you know it doesn't have to be those people I I certainly work with um also people who are healers often are people that I work with um but, you know, anybody who, who feels a resonance and um, there's that resonance between us, we can certainly work together. Right. So that's yeah. good to know because, yeah, I had yeah. to ask that question. It's a great question. So, yeah. yeah, you do support people. So that includes everyone, physical, emotional and spiritual. That's what the human experience is all about, right? We often forget about the spiritual. And then I wanted to mention before I ask you my ending questions about the articles you sent me. Interesting ones, the richness of grief mm-hmm. that caught my attention. You say over the landscape of time, there is change. Change inherently includes loss. And then you said a lot more, of course. But this this part is just to me, it's it's very clear. 
that kind of uh, inspires us to be open to life because this is what it is, right? It keeps changing. But there is something that doesn't change and that's what I'm, I'm interested in most of the time and that which doesn't change. Mm-hmm. What is perceiving all this mm-hmm. is the only really reality that, that I can be certain of. That's a way to tap in, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. And then um, you you also wrote, let me see anything else. Yeah, I love the, the article about your mother, what she said. So you mentioned earlier, keep it simple. And you said in her, like in, in your mother last uh, couple, couple or oh, so years, when the topic came up that she would pass at some point, she would say, I've had a good life. That's amazing how... It sounds very simple, right, to say that, but there's a level of uh, acceptance that it's not, yeah. it's deep and it has to come from that place, so that spiritual, and it's not even trust, I think, it's that tapping into that essence, isn't it, Megumi? Knowing that we never die, or we were never born anyway, when it comes yeah. from that perspective. That part of us was never born and will never die. Uh, do you want to you want to make a comment? I think you're about to say something just, about that. Just that you know, she had this this heart, this like spirit, the kind of this quiet spirituality. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. Quiet. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. And she also said about oh, you said her message at wedding at your wedding, and sometimes mm-hmm. in cards was simply be happy. Huh. Yeah. Ah, yes, be happy. And then Seasons in Your Life, that's another article you wrote that you say, our lives are made of changing seasons. Whatever season you are in right now, it will change. That kind of stopped me too for a moment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It will change, right? Mm -hmm. And then you surprised me with an article that you wrote about struggling with the money hustle. And then you Mm -hmm. talk about true wealth, struggle and the shift. So I guess that was fresh to me within the uh-huh. all the these topics. I'm like, oh, wealth. What does it have to do with anything? But talk to me about true wealth. What would that be? <laughs> well, yeah, um, <laughs> there was a connection there that I'm not quite not quite getting into words yet. Um, hmm. Well, what I'm what I'm relating to it right now is is this living fully. And it's kind of like, um, it's like that's what I felt was missing. That as as I was growing up and as as uh, as I've gone through life, that has drawn me to explore and you know find find each each of these aspects you know that that are integral to my path now you know the the um working with the land having my hands in the dirt um community the spiritual development um the healing work um and so so we can't really in a way experience that true wealth without kind of this dance of healing and spirituality. It has been my experience too. The more, the deeper I go into it and the more open I am to explore them, the richer yeah. my life becomes. Right? Yeah. And just to like, what is wealth really for you? You know, like, like the money wealth could help 
access, you know, make it easier to access aspects for sure. It's kind of like lubricates. It can lubricate your life, um, but it certainly isn't going to be the end all, you know, as, as many people find, I think that that might mm. be part of your story, right? Oh, you yes. got into your career and then yeah. you're like, Oh, yeah. this isn't it. Right. Yes. Um, yes. and, um, <laughs> and, um, right. So that, that like struggling with the money hustle. And I talked about the, the father who, who was really struggling with that sense of he's, he's, um, you know, struggling with this working so much and being away from his kids and his family and, and then, you know, buying convenience foods and having, having them watch shows, you know, as part of like trying to survive to make it, you know, through all this hustle. And that's like not even the life that he wants to create for them or himself. And, um, and yeah, and then and it's like how how do you turn that around? And that's that's like that's like the human mm-hmm. the human experience yeah. right now, right? How yes. do we how do yeah. we shift that? Yes, yes. How we are able to see clearly, right? That's to do it with clarity to me. I guess it connects to this topic. The other article you wrote was about how can I be more peaceful. Mm-hmm. So that to me, it kind of brings every brings everything together, everything that we talked yeah. now. What is the, if we, I ask you the question, what is the goal of the human experience? What is the purpose? What would you say? I, I'm already answering that question myself, is to be peaceful, to have them, to carry that flavor of inner peace. That, yeah. But for you, Megumi, what would that be? You know, and, and this is, you know, I think biased towards my life path and like what my like striving is. So there's there's this element of like, what my what was missing in my my childhood and my yeah. striving um but it's also truth i think um but it's now i said so much that i need to be connected <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> right that happens uh-huh. um, um what is the what is the the goal of life right <laughs> um living fully or expressing being being fully being and and you know part of this move was part of the intention of this move has been to be able to slow down and really live and and and, you know the the bay area there is so much like not only like having to hustle for money but just the sense of like worth comes from being busy and from working. And that's something that, you know, it's not, not totally to blame on the Bay area. It's also part of my psyche, but it's, you know, part of our, our like deconditioning ourselves to like really see that and be like, is that really true? What's true for me? Mm, Yes. Yes. I love that. So being fully alive, being here now in acceptance with, with this, right. That's happening which is having this experience. It doesn't, and it, not carrying that sense of worth from what we do. That's a tough one for most people. It's really, yeah, that's yeah, a big one. We're in, right? 
Yes. And that's why I kind of uh, go back to the, this beautiful principle or concept of acceptance. Even if I'm carrying that idea here in, in my mind that, okay, you know, I feel good because I'm doing this work. It's okay too. So I kind of accept that too. Um, being what it is, like the mind trying to, I don't know, label everything and uh, understand. Yeah. I just yeah. kind of accept that the mind is doing that. And it makes a much, I, I think accepting the unacceptable in a way, it's just so amazing. Which you're just keeping accepting everything as it is. At its, it's a great practice. Yeah. It and is. That, that's what the breath of acceptance is. It's yeah. like whatever, whatever comes up, it's like, okay, yes. Yes, that's here, and it's okay that it's here. Right. Uh, Breathe into that and breathe out of that. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) there's something about that. It's just, yeah, it brings, ah, yes, that's not even, I almost don't have words to describe. It's just that that deep breath, taking a deep breath. So it's just Uh perfect, uh, the breath of acceptance. How wonderful that is. Thank you so much, Megumi for this conversation, for doing what you do, for everything else in between also that could be perceived and felt today. Yeah, and same to you, Valeria. Thank you so much. So before we say goodbye, I do have an ending question for you. This is the one that I usually ask everyone. Uh, What three experiences you wish everyone to have before they lose the body, before they die? There's like knowing, and I'm trying like, I'm like, what is knowing what? Um, it's like knowing oneself or knowing, I guess we could say knowing oneself, which kind of, it's kind of like knowing oneself could be knowing all, um, right. Um, and you know, that can be to, that can be to varying degrees, what, what's right for each person to experience in in this life. Some, some sense of knowing oneself. So that's one of them. Something about relating with the earth or having your hands in the dirt. And then just like feeling feeling held, feeling heard, feeling really received, feeling accepted, acceptance. Ah, uh, what's not to love about all of them? <laughs> the vision, right, for for humanity. Yes, I love your your timeless wisdom. That's what I usually call these things, when I hear these concepts, these ideas, and I wish for them to become experienced for all of us. So we can, that's why I asked that question, three experiences, mm-hmm. not just mm-hmm. ideas. And I have to say this in the very end. I love the way you, throughout the conversation, you refer the earth as the land and then the hand in the dirt. There's something about that too. It's almost like automatically kind of relaxes my body and my heart opens mm. every time you say it. It's yeah. interesting. I just, I'm just noticing without judgment. Uh, Uh There's something about it that's so powerful. Hmm. Yeah, so thank you for bringing that spirit to this conversation too. Uh, So before we say goodbye, goodbye, I want to mention again the website is megumiburtoliver.com and that website will be on the podcast notes. Thank you so much again for your presence here today, Megumi, for sharing your beauty and we'll, we'll talk again soon. We'll be in touch again. Thank you, Valeria. Thank you. Bye for now, Megumi. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Megumi Burr-Tolliver and her work, please visit MegumiBurrTolliver.com.
more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.